Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Oh, and we are on the precipice, Beamer, of the 2021-2022 Premier League season. Our long <laughs> summer nightmare of no soccer, Beamer. There's been no soccer to speak of. There was no Major League Soccer. There was no International Soccer. There was no Euros. There was no CONCACAF Gold Cup. There was no nothing. We had nothing going on since the end of the Premier League to now. So if you've missed soccer, congratulations. We have soccer again. I mean, I hope, was, you, I hope uh, you can deal. I was feeling pretty lonely there for a while, Bone. I was very <laughs> depressed. Yeah, we didn't have any great tournaments going on this summer. You didn't have a new stadium opened here in Columbus. Like, you had absolutely nothing that was going on. So I'm glad, finally, that soccer is back in our lives, T-Bone. It really <laughs> just makes me smile. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the team in Columbus has not exactly been providing us with much soccer of late. So Bumpy. That's okay. Hey, you know what? Um, I'll make you a promise. Just for today... We're not really going to talk about them at all. We're just going to we're going to focus in on the Premier League and what's happening there. Does that sound good? Yes. Yeah. Feels like, you know, we'll have plenty of other time to talk about what's going on there. But right now, not much good. So we'll, we'll just leave it there. I was at the Death Star uh, this past Saturday, Bone. You were very generous in uh, giving me your tickets yet again. Uh, it was pretty fantastic. Took my uh, dad and stepmom over there. Had a fantastic time. They were blown away totally by the stadium. They're like, yeah, you know, the next time we're down here, we should do this again. So they're not very big soccer fans. They have actually, I think I've told this on the podcast before, they usually, you know, in a pre-COVID world, they would always ch- catch Jimmy Buffett. It's the last show that he does on the tour, like my dad's big parrot oh, head. Okay. Uh, so the last show that he does every single year is over in Paris. And he was, you know, they, so they'd go over there once a year and they'd go to like Annecy or the south of France or whatever. And they would have a great time doing that. And so he actually, Bone, one time was like, yeah, I think we're going to go to a soccer game. They had stumbled upon like a couple of people, I guess, in Paris. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. You know, going to a European soccer game. It's going to be amazing. Uh, unbeknownst to them, the game that they went to was a PSG Champions League game that they just like stumbled into uh, at the Parc des Princes. <laughs> Um, so like that was the one thing that they have done like the only soccer game I think they have ever been to in their life and so you know it was very exciting he's like yeah I'll be excited to see and so we actually did the march and everything like down Nationwide Boulevard which was very cool Uh, we didn't actually catch it on purpose but uh, our Uber driver aka my wife Meredith dropped us off at the right time when they were doing that and he was like yeah this kind of reminds me of what we were doing in Paris like they had the flags that they were handing out and everything and people were (laughs) chanting and so then we got in the building and they were just they were blown away way obviously the result was pretty bad uh so you gave me two tickets i kind of snuck in with a, a general admission ticket and then neighbor eric had an extra seat next to him so i got to spend the second half with him basically seven seven rows up on the eastern side of the stadium uh right by the sidelines and it was uh, it was an amazing experience man yet again the game sucked well, um but you know other than thing. that the the atmosphere was pretty damn good and i hope caleb porter didn't pin that on the supporters again uh yes well two things here one 
Um, I'm glad neighbor Eric, who is our only recurring character yep. on this podcast, mm-hmm. has made another appearance. And yep. we welcome him. Someday we should actually have neighbor Eric on the show. I think that I don't know how we would hook that up because I don't think we're currently allowed to have people in the building. But maybe you know what can, I'm like, going to do. I'm just going to go can zoom in or something. I'll set up my radio equipment there you at go. his house. Yeah, and he's your neighbor. I'll, and then I'll just have, like, when we do the soccer podcast, I will just tell him to turn the board on and I'll hook everything up. I think that's something we could accomplish. All right. I like that. Yeah. That's and a lot of can... leg work out of me, actually. I don't Let's just do a Zoom. That <laughs> sounds like too much work. <laughs> yeah. And now the leg work goes to all of our production people at the station. will be like, you want to Zoom into a radio studio? Oh, I don't know if we can do that. Yeah, exactly. And then nine hours later, it's like, sorry, this is impossible. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, we I, I like that. The other thing is, I will say before we get going into the Premier League stuff, it does sound appropriate knowing what little I know of your dad mm-hmm. that he was the one who found a way into like oh number one like the fact that he goes to Paris every year to see Jimmy Buffett awesome. I'm pretty sure he's a Russian like ex KGB spy like he's, yeah, you brought this is yeah, the thing yeah people don't know this you've unprompted brought this up to me many times in our private discussions and it's a very interesting like. I remember not knowing what my dad did mm-hmm. for a living when I was like eight, you know, or nine or 10 years old. And then we've had discussions. You're like, yeah, I kind of don't still know what he does. I know he travels and he's got some kind of good job. Does okay. <laughs> right. I have no clue. I have no idea. The last time I checked, he was working in a company for New Ze- like in New Zealand where he would go down there and travel travel the world. And he was going to retire, but I guess apparently now he's working for a company based out of Tokyo and London. So, again, I'm not entirely sure. This he's, is, he's fascinating. He's John Wick. Yeah, That's, Your dad is John Wick. Yeah. He's, I like that. The best but part it, of, too, them going to a PSG game is like, he's like, I don't know why they're yelling butt. And I'm like, well, that means goal in French, Dad. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Well, hey, if he goes to a Paris game now, he's got a chance to see Lionel Messi along with everybody else. So, yeah, congratulations to PSG on your eventual, well, probably failure in the Champions League because that's kind (laughs) of Leo's deal. But (laughs) they, on paper, look like the best team in Europe. We'll find out if that actually pans out. But good Lord, him and Kylian Mbappe teaming up. Yeah, yeah, a little guy guy called Neymar as well. Yeah, that guy too. Putting supply balls to him. I think they're going to be all right. Like, there, here's the thing about Messi signing with PSG. So, like, we could break this down, like, you know, all all day long, basically. This entire podcast could be about it. I don't know what else more to say than, the, oh, yeah, they're going to be very dangerous. Like, that's it. Like, that's the blatantly obvious thing. I don't know what else more you want me to say about the situation. Yeah. You add Lionel Messi to that team. You get Jeannie Wijnaldum from Liverpool. You sign Donnarumma over from Italy. This team is going to be loaded. They are going to be good. Anything short of a Champions League for them is failure. That's yeah, it. That's, that's it. exactly right. Yeah, I mean, it. obviously winning the French League, that legend mm-hmm. should be happening without question. But, yeah, it's you're right. It's it's Champions League or bust. And the, also, I think we should just sometimes sit back and appreciate, like, what we're seeing. You know, I love cars. And so I feel like with sports teams, sometimes we spend a lot of time going, yeah, oh, sure, it's a Ferrari, it's great, but can it beat the Lamborghini? Can it be? And it's like sometimes you just have to look back and go, look at this damn Ferrari. Look how beautiful it is. This is a, this is amazing. And I know I used an Italian car to describe a French team, but that's because the French make <laughs> crap automobiles. I don't know what to tell you. I don't you. even know one French automobile, not a single one. Uh, Rolls Royce, is that po- Italian? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's British. Oh, okay. Rolls Royce is British. Jaguar? Uh, is that Italian as Jaguar's well? Jaguar is British okay. as well. 
I mean, all of these are like been bought up by multinational conglomerates like BMW owns Rolls Royce now. Anyway, the point is, yes, the French, I think they make, uh, I think Peugeot is French. Oh, okay. Audemars Peugeot, is. the watch company. Yeah. What's the, oh gosh, now I'm, I'm blanking on the big one. Oh, well, whatever. It'll come to me later. Who cares? It's not a car podcast, Beamer. Let's stay on top. You are, you have one of those actually. What? Oh, yeah, I do. I have a motorsports history podcast, Stagger Podcast. Mm-hmm. Go check it out if you enjoy things like that. But I assume most people don't who listen to this because <laughs> you're listening to a soccer podcast. Big so F1 guy, though. I am, Boone. Real, yeah, real yeah. into the F1. Who's your guy? Lando Norris? Your no, guy? big Lewis Hamilton fan. Love to, oh, lo- 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 love, love Toto's uh, strategy just to wreck the Red Bulls every race now. It's great. <laughs> it's just fantastic. It is great. Yeah, I mean, that drive to survive, it gets people into the Oh, sport. it's going to be fantastic like next year. Like, when oh, they release gosh. this season, it's going to yes. be amazing. It, yes, Christian it Horner is, is going to blow a gasket on that thing. I Yes, I love watching those interactions. It is fantastic. I agree. Um, all right, so Premier League 2021-2022. Here's the, I mean, to me, the, the breakdown of this is there are the big four that we saw last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So we're going to get into them a little bit individually. Um, and then maybe we can talk about the best opportunity for one of the other teams to crack the top four. Um, and then I thought just briefly, and I mean very briefly, we can talk about how there's a few teams that are, you know, not totally new to the – one of them is totally new to the Premier League, but the other teams are new-ish. They haven't been up in a while, so – We're going to talk about the teams that got promoted. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, it sounds fantastic to me. Let's get it going. All right. Um, So obviously the drama surrounding Manchester City right now Mm -hmm. is pretty pretty interesting, right? I mean, obviously they come back with a dominant team that was able to win, you know, fairly easily in the Premier League last year, but they didn't get it done in Champions League. And of course, they're going to want to rectify that problem. So now you look at this team. There's the drama surrounding Harry Kane. Um, There was the thought that they were going to somehow be able to bring in, you know, uh, Messi, but that didn't work out. You bring in Jack. Not when you spend 100 million pounds on Jack Grealish. No. (laughs) I saw the memes, too. As soon as Messi uh, was announced to be leaving uh, Barcelona, that it was just like, get out of here, Jack Grealish. It was like (laughs) all these videos of people like shoving him out the gate. The Eric but, Andre video, let me in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what do you what do you see here for Manchester City? Do you do you I know I know we're gonna get to your team last of the big four, mm-hmm. but as a Manchester United fan, realistically putting that aside, Manchester City, the team to beat, right? Yeah, of course they are. I and mean, look at Pep Guardiola and what he's done over there with City. Uh it's been nothing short of amazing. The one big thing that has been eluding them has been a Champions League title, and that's really the only thing left for Pep to prove over there in Manchester. I am supremely fascinated to be able to watch their new guy, Jack Grealish, right? I mean, Aston Villa playmaker for years and years and years. It always seemed like he was on the precipice of joining a bigger club. Well, now that's actually happening, and he's going to a team with, I mean, obviously big-time European expectations. He knows the Premier League. He understands how this league works. I don't think he's going to have any problem with that, but he has never played in a Champions League game, Bone. I know he's had a lot of pressure, of course, playing for the national side in England, but that is going to be, for me, uh, the storyline for them. Obviously, Kevin De Bruyne is the best midfielder in the world, one of the best players, of course, as well. That kind of link up between him and Jack Grealish, I think, is really going to be important. I mean, you have, on paper, two of the best playmakers in the Premier League. 
the big thing for me uh, is going to be who's going to be their goal scorer, right? I mean, Gabriel Jesus, they figured that he was going to be on the outs with the club. There are rumors swirling around uh, that he was going to go to someplace else. So they don't have the typical striker. Remember, Sergio Aguero is now in Barcelona, so they don't have him to lie back on. Who is going to score the goals? Now, Raheem Sterling, unbelievable this year in the Euros. If Pep can kind of crack the code on him, which was so strange that he can't crack that code, but yet Gareth Southgate is unable to kind of unlock his potential with the national team. Uh, That's going to be fascinating for me. It's obvious that they have a team full of world-class players. They are still going to be top of the the table, I do believe, this year in the Premier League. But for them, if they go through a game and they're unable to score a goal early in the season with kind of these new faces and without their typical striker, how many goals are they going to be able to score? That's going to be the storyline for me to watch. If only there was a player, perhaps of like English level mm. caliber, mm-hmm. who was out there and available for them to purchase. Did you see that Harry Kane is listed as being available for their opener for Spurs? It's amazing too, because <laughs> when we got done doing this podcast last week, talking about the Harry Kane situation, he literally sent out a tweet. He's like, you know, basically everybody's lying and I plan on showing up at Spurs camp and all these different things. And I'm like, dude, just say you want out like you have. Nobody is blaming you in this situation. If you want to no. hold out, then hold out. It is your right to do that. You had a handshake agreement to leave the club. You're right. I mean, again, for everybody who I doubt there are a lot of people listening to this who aren't aware of that whole situation, but just to recap it, Harry Kane wants out of Tottenham. Tottenham has been offered a hundred million dollar transfer or hundred million pound transfer fee for him. Uh, they have said that's where he's not for sale, mm-hmm. meaning the price is not high enough for us. Not I mean, to sell every, in the domestic league that we're trying to compete. In. Right. Every, I mean, technically everyone is for sale if the price is right, you know, in, in international soccer. But my price significantly low. I am a bargain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd be like a five figures a week guy. I wouldn't even reach the six figures a week. Well, I think four thousand a week would be plenty by me. Yeah, I'm good. That's true enough. Yeah, you're right. Um, so that's that's where we stand. Basically, Tottenham refusing to sell a player who does not want to be there, who was thought to be on his way to Manchester City. I mean, they had the goodbye for him. Everything was like, okay, well, we know he's not going to be here, and then now it looks like he's going to play, or at least he's back training. Uh, as of Thursday, he is able to train with the team, so we'll find out. But they're saying if he's you know available and fit, he may be in the lineup against you know Manchester City to open the season on Sunday, which is crazy to me that that's where this ends up at the end of like a he's pretty not, insane. He's, he's not playing in that game. I can't imagine him playing in that game, but I'm just saying the fact that it's even a possibility is ridiculous. So yeah. Um, also, for all the Villa fans out there. To go back to the Jack Grealish thing, just sorry in advance that you're going to have to hear that a million times. Like, yeah. they really miss Jack Grealish out that. Like, they're going to hear <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, dummy, obviously. You're going to hear that a million times this year on your broadcast. And it's just like, I wish they could have a moratorium on that and just say, get it out of your, like, get it out in August. And then after August, no more talk of Jack Grealish. Like, he's gone. He's on another team. Stop bringing it up. This is how it works. So, there you go, Villa fans. There's a little mention got of Leon Bailey on your team, though, kind of as a replacement. I'll be excited to see him transition from the Bundesliga to the Premier League. I think that could be a good signing for them. There you go. Very nice. Um, that is our Aston Villa recap. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Aston Villa minute. If you're, if you're looking for the most in-depth Premier League preview, we don't have that no, here. No, we don't. It's just going to be the things we know about and are interested <laughs> in learning about. Uh, Chelsea now adding in Romelu Lukaku. That's a fairly big get. I mean, yeah, you add him to a team. It goes back to where he started from. 
Yeah. You add him to a team that won the Champions League. I say that's a pretty good amount of firepower to bring back with it. I, I like I always like it when you have a veteran goal scorer and then a bunch of young players surrounding the veteran goal scorer who can kind of I mean it can go two ways, right? It can it can all it can be a thing where the storybook movie style ending of that is that the veteran comes in and scores a bunch of goals and all the young kids learn from him and they become more mature as well. But then again, how many young kids need to learn from a veteran when they've just won Champions League? You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't I don't necessarily know that that's going to be the, the total solution there or that's going to put them above what Manchester City is doing. But certainly you can't sit on your heels even though you won Champions League. They want to win everything. They want to win the league and Champions League again and Club World Cup and all that <laughs> stuff. I mean, they want to win everything. So... Romelu Lukaku, good addition. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I really do. I mean, he thrived in Spain. I think he needed a scenery change. He wasn't being used uh, the proper way, I don't believe. Uh, With Jose Mourinho over there in England, of course, with Manchester United, he goes to Inter, has a breakthrough season. Now he's back in the Premier League. Can he finally kind of take that by the scruff of his neck? And he's certainly going to have playmakers around him to do that. I think it's a big year for uh, Thomas Tuchel, of course. Tukes! Look at what he did last year. I mean, just in half of the season, Bone, he took that team from really uh, struggling in the Premier League. You get him back into the Champions League, and then obviously uh, winning a Champions League final is pretty amazing, especially over your country team in Manchester City. Uh, how does he How does he affect the season? You know, the week-in, week-out rigors of the Premier League. It's obviously he did it at a high level with PSG. He did it over in the Bundesliga with Dortmund, and now he comes with his first full season in England. How are they able to handle that? Obvious playmakers. Kai Havertz is going to be a menace this season. We all know that. Christian Pulisic, it's, I think it's going to be a big year for him. How does he settle in? What is his role going to be? Is he going to be a week-in, week-out starter for this team? Or is he going to be kind of the super sub that we saw uh, kind of late in the season? So fascinating storyline. I think this team is a top-four team uh, for me at least. And I think they're a good challenge to the Premier League title. Yeah, I think you're right. And, I mean, to go back to Lukaku, he had he had such a good season in Serie A last year. The fact they paid 130 million pounds to bring him in mm-hmm. when he left to go to Inter, I think it was like less than 90 million, which these numbers were throwing yeah. about. It's yeah. not like, oh, what a bunch of chump change like that's still a ridiculous amount of money. But the fact that he left and then comes back a few years later for even more, like just shows you how on fire he's been. So, yeah, this is this is I, I, I don't know. It's it's obviously not just him. I just think he's a fascinating addition to you're right, an already really good team of young players, and it has the potential to go either way. Could be that he is just plugs right in and is great. Could be that maybe there's some early learning curve stuff with the young players and him, and so we'll we'll see how that all pairs up. Um, but I'm I'm excited to watch it. That's going to be one of the more fascinating teams, I think, in the Premier League. I agree 100%. I think they could be the biggest challenger to City this year in the, in the Premier League, 100%. Yeah. Um, now for the spoilers in the big four that could ruin all that storyline we just talked about. Liverpool, mm-hmm. right? You get Virgil van Dijk back. Obviously, it's not like they not like they just remain retained the same team from two years ago that won everything. But they really haven't done that much business, too. By they the way. haven't. And yeah. they've they've lost players this offseason, but not really brought in a ton of big additions, at least not in my mind. Yeah. Ibrahima Konate. Uh, comes in, I believe, from Leipzig as well, Bone. He's going to pair back there with Virgil. It, I mean, when you have Virgil and Allison, of course, and now you bring in Konate and you have your wingbacks of, um, you know, the two Trent Alexander-Arnold and um, 
Andy Andy Robertson. Sorry, I was blanking on his name there uh, for a little bit. That back line, you're going to give up. I mean, zero to one goals likely every single game. All you have to do is score. And I think it becomes the story now for Liverpool. Again, when you don't really change that much up, do you have the firepower between Mohamed Salah, of course, Sadio Mane and Bobby Firmino to be able to score more goals, goals than your opponent? I think their storyline for this year, their defensive back back, I mean, their back half of that team is going to be unbelievable and stalwart. But where are the goals going to come from? The headliners, the names are certainly there but have teams figure that out because it's been the same for multiple years now for them yeah i think in some ways to make a poor comparison like you run the risk of the liverpool front line kind of becoming like sears was for a while Mm. you know as a store where it's like well sears is just an institution right they're never gonna not be around and it's like go try to find a sears right now you know they're like (laughs) They don't exist. Like, they've all pretty much gone away, all these, like, giant stores that we all thought would be here forever. I, I could just see, like, people saying, well, hey, what do you – I mean, look, it's Sadio Mane, it's Bobby Firmino, it's Mo Salah. Like, of course they're going to score. They should be able to score goals, but don't forget, this is a team that lost six home games in a row for yep. the first time in club history last year. Now, obviously, they didn't have Virgil van Dijk. They didn't have fans for a lot of those games. You know, it, it – um, it's, it's different. Not, it's different. Yeah, but, like – at the same time, is there some kind of, I, I don't want to say malaise, but could it be that this group of very talented players who have been there and done that, could it be that there's just something you can't replicate that, you know, teams like Chelsea with a younger core or, you know, Manchester City where, you know, they've got some extra motivation because they they still want to win Champions League and do that again. You know, they want to show that they can. I mean... I wonder Liverpool. I'm, obviously, these guys are all motivated. I'm just saying, is there a chance there's some institutional fatigue, maybe, you know, and where it's like everyone just thinks they're going to have the scoring be able to come back? I'm, I'm with you. I don't I don't think it's just a guarantee that they're going to find goals. I mean, they didn't last year. I think Diego Jota is the one that you add into the mix bone that can really be the playmaker for this team. I think if he goes and the expectations that Liverpool fans have for him, if he lives up to those expectations, then I think certainly can get that offense heading into the right direction. Uh, but just the staleness, you know, they have to come up with something new or else it's it's going to be the same storyline for them this year. Yeah, I think you're right. So I, I still, I mean, I have them in the top four. Yeah, I don't yeah. The, what we're talking about here is not that they're going to be a crap team. It's that are they going to have enough to overcome Manchester City and Chelsea? And that's the big question for them this year. It's a big question for everyone, not those two teams, obviously. Um, certainly, that's a question for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And I uh, know that's your team. They've got Jadon Sancho now coming in, who I think is a brilliant addition. I've been a fan of watching him with Borussia Dortmund. So your thoughts on how your boys are going to do this year? Where, where do you see them is this a year where they can finally ascend and retake the Premier League? Yeah. Yes and no, right? I mean, you go into any season, I think you're hopeful, and I'm certainly hopeful for this year. Uh, this team has been so up and down, Bone, if you have watched them. The addition of Bruno Fernandes has been fantastic. We know what he brings to this team. He's obviously one of the best playmakers in the world when he's on his day. Can they ratify the Paul Pogba situation? Can they get the best out of him and deploy him into uh, what is expected to be you know, kind of a deeper-lying role this year? Can he be the setup man and the playmaker that you expect him to be when he's so 
good at his job uh, in France. Another storyline for this team, Marcus Rashford's going to be out until October. He just had shoulder surgery, so who's going to play alongside that left wing? One more year of Edinson Cavani. It seemed to be kind of his tip of the hat, and then he'll go back uh, and go to some other league, you know, kind of for his farewell tour. If you can get what you think you can get out of one last season out of Edison Cavani this team is probably the best wing players uh, in the entirety of the Premier League I mean if you want to throw Anthony Martial over there on the left hand side you obviously have Dan James who was just a burner uh, and then Mason Greenwood as well you know I mean there, I know there are a lot of expectations for him coming along uh, what is that going to look like especially without their heart and soul uh, on the left hand side there with Marcus Rashford I don't think it's going to be a problem at all for this team to score goals. Uh, I think they're going to be the fastest team in the Premier League. They're going to try, try to tear you up with pace. I don't think they're going to be a possessive team very much. I think they're going to try to hit you on the counterattack as much as they possibly can. Two left wingbacks. You have seen the career resurgence kind of from Luke Shaw holding down that left back position. Obviously, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, when he gets it done on the right-hand side, is very good. Trying to sign Kieran Trippia from Atletico. I don't think that's going to happen. Their price tag is a bit too high. It all comes down to the signing of Rafael Varane. How do him and Harry Maguire get along back there? He is a stalwart in that back. What are they going to do? Some of the goals that they gave up last year were just mind-bending, like how it happens. I mean, they switch off for a second, and all of a sudden it just looks like pure destruction back there, and they don't have any clue what they're doing. The class is there for Manchester United. It all boils down to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and what his game plan is for this team. He just got backing from ownership, just got a new deal. Ole is at the wheel. I think they could challenge for a Premier League title but it's about the weekend week out consistency and I'm just not sure they're there yet yeah Ole Take the Wheel is my favorite country song mm-hmm, me too I really enjoy a bunch of British people singing an American country song what's better than that no but I agree with you that I think this is a team as you know that was right there at the end mm-hmm. I mean you know I finished, talked a lot finished, about finished second last year yeah I talked about Chelsea I, I know right there at the end they Manchester City had that thing won. We all know that. But I'm saying as far as like Chelsea was the one struggling to stay in Premier League or in the Champions League at the end of the year, right? Like, and they're the ones now that I feel super confident in like, oh, yeah, they because of what they did in Champions League. It's it's just this idea of, oh, well, they'll be fine. I mean, Manchester United now will have to deal with Champions League. That's that's, you know, um, something that they haven't had as much of a dealing with. They were, were they in the Champions League last year? Yeah, they got bounced in the last match. That's they had the right. group stage by uh, Red That's Bull. right. Yeah. Okay, so they dealt with that a little bit last year, but not. To, they, they expect to be in a deeper run this year for sure. Yeah. I mean, knockout so, stages, quarterfinals, it's got to be the expectation. Yeah, right. So they've got to increase in that regard. But also, I mean, this is a team that I do think has the talent, but as you said, it's can they all put it together consistently enough and yeah, I, I, I'd like to believe for your sake that that's the case. Uh, Paul Pogba too, man. How many, you like two years ago on the podcast said, hey, by the way, in uh, 2021, summer of 2021, he's still going to be with Manchester United. I think we both would have been like, you're out of your mind. Yeah, crazy. Like this, <laughs> yeah. Just it's because like it's, every, it's seeming like he's been trying to leave ever since he stepped foot back at Old Trafford. Yeah, like every every transfer window, it's been like, well, this could, well, maybe they'll move him. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it, and it, it's never happened for whatever reason. So, yeah, maybe at this point, it's just time to assume that he is going to be that guy and can ascend to that level. You're not I, that I, guy, I, pal. You're not that guy. <laughs> You're not that guy. <laughs> Are you that guy? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest like five seconds in. TikTok history. Human history, yeah. Human history and mm-hmm. TikTok history. I agree. So, all right. Um, 
I guess we could we could predict like if we had to right here out of these top four teams. Who do you think grabs the crown this year in the Premier League? I think it's going to be City again. Um, as you hear the disdain in my voice, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's no. going to be as big of a runaway that we've seen kind of in the last couple of years. Obviously, unbelievable race between them and Liverpool a couple of years ago that came down to uh, just the kind of couple of last match days. I do believe these are the top four teams. These are the teams that are going to be making it into Champions League. I think we're going to see some jockeying and positioning. I don't think it's going to be a team right away that holds the crown bone uh, at the beginning of the season, the way it's going to finish. I think you could honestly see these top four teams battling it out at the top of the table. Able, uh, until we really go into like the last five match days or so. I think it's going to be incredibly competitive. I think all three of these teams in City and Chelsea and United have bolstered their attack, but Liverpool have so much quality that they don't really need to do it. Uh, I'm saying City run away with not run away with it. Sorry, that's the wrong word. City get the crown at the end of the year. I think it's extremely competitive amongst these four teams. Yeah, I think you're right. I am, I am of the belief that like in March – in April, it will still be a contest. I yeah. want to say for three teams. I don't know which of these three. I, I definitely think it's City and Chelsea. And then I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Liverpool, I think I I know the pedigree is there. And I know Virgil van Dyke coming back, suddenly it's like, well then there you go. They just go back to being what they were two years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the case. What they were two years ago was some special combination of Man, I just just talent and desire lack of doing it for a long time. Yeah, right. I mean, they had they had all that going at the right time and they won everything. It seemed like I think it's hard to replicate that, Um, especially, as you said, where they didn't make quite the same additions that some of these other teams did. I think Manchester United is the third team in my in my opinion. I think they're the, the team that hangs with City and Chelsea and makes it interesting. I'm not ready to call them the champions. I actually think Chelsea will get it done. Oh! Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with Chelsea winning it all and uh, becoming that team. To and play. then, all right, so now that Chelsea gets it done, then does City get their Champions League? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, you know what, because I was kind of thinking, like, does Chelsea then become that, what Liverpool was a couple years ago? Do they get to that point where it's like, yeah, we won a Champions League, we win the crown actually we get that in the premier league and then we go defend our champions league title i do think it's a little much to do all of that uh so yeah i think probably city gets them in champions league chelsea wins premier league that's where i'll go all right flip and flop from last year then yeah then they have to deal with psg and you know Messi and and mbappe and i I just want to point out i've gone on, on such a huge limb saying that Manchester City and Chelsea will likely be competing for all the things. Yeah, and Liverpool and, and Manchester Liverpool United. Liverpool and Manchester United yeah. are going to be right there. All right, we'll take a break when we come back. We'll talk about which team outside of those big four has a chance to crack into the Champions League uh, position, I guess. And we'll introduce you to uh, one of the teams that's being promoted that we've never seen before in the Premier League. We'll do that all next when we come back. It's Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So let's talk about the other teams that could possibly break in and spoil that party with the top four. Um, Tottenham obviously had, you know, a chance to do that last year. Leicester City was right there for most of the year. Um, do we think either of those teams are going to do it? I feel like the Tottenham distraction with Harry Kane is going to just, even if he's back and stays with Tottenham, I don't think that's going to last through the winter. And I also don't think that Tottenham necessarily has the firepower to get with those other teams. 
Leicester's interesting to me because they they did hang in that spot for such a long time last year before ultimately falling out towards the end. Any, either of those teams, do you think, or is there another team I'm, I should be mentioning there? Uh, I like Leicester again. I think Brendan Rodgers has really rejuvenated them and what they did the past couple of years. Uh, they're just such a rock steady team, and I don't know if you were watching the uh, the the FA the Community Shield, but it's always one. Of I didn't my, get to watch it. No. It's always one of my favorite things because you're playing for a trophy, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, you know, they're packed house in Wembley. They've only won it one time prior in their entire club history, uh, and they actually got it done this past weekend against City 1-0. Uh, they drew a penalty uh, of course in like the 86th minute and Jamie Vardy was already off the field so Kelechi Iheanacho, the old Manchester City man uh, steps right up to the spot and makes it. I think Brendan Rodgers really uh, he's been pretty unbelievable man since he left Liverpool and then you know uh, went to the went to the Scottish League and then came back to the Premier League. I really like this team for some reason. It's always the team that I kind of root for that I really have no rooting interest in otherwise just to see what they do because I don't think their story is anything short of remarkable and how they have built it, uh, you know, them into one of the, you know, outside of the top four but looking in consistently in the Premier League. So I think Leicester this year, if they can get the play that is so damn consistent from Jamie Vardy, you know he's going to be up there in the race for the golden boot at the end of the season. They always seem to do really good business. They're academy is starting to come along pretty well it is a nice mix of old grizzled veterans and young players the youth uh and i really i i like lester this year i'm not sure they're going to press for a champions league spot but i do think they'll hang around probably until the mid-season when we get to the christmas point yeah yeah i think that's a solid point there and i do think lester's an easy team to root for at least for me too um just because you know they're years ago coming in and being this humongous underdog but then as you said going through some adversity and still being able to find a way and come back to kind of be that team that wasn't just like a one-year flash in the pan thing it's it's yeah they're at least for me they're easy to root for i get that's not everybody but um one other team that we haven't brought up and I, this is because i don't find them to be a serious challenger to the top four right now but we would be remiss if we didn't bring up arsenal i think mm -hmm. right that you know, I know we have a lot of Arsenal fans that listen to us, and they've been through hell the last few years. Uh, it's it's not been good, but they just made a 50 million pound signing of uh, defender Ben White. That's the kind of thing you need. I think they need some some help defending right now. They need an identity. They need an true. identity. Yes. They don't have one. Once they've been marred kind of in this complacency bone, they don't have anybody that's going to go out there and win a game for you. I think, honestly, the guy who could do that, you saw him uh, just come in like a lightning bolt in the Euros this past year playing for England is Bukaya Saka. I mean, yep. I know he is. He was unbelievable with England. If they can get some sort of that out of him, I think they still have the strike force to be able to score some goals, but they need to have an identity. Are you going to be a team that sits and holds onto the ball? Are you going to be a counterattacking squad? What are you going to do? How do you find that? They have been supremely uninteresting for the last handful of years. Can they finally get back to it? Who am I to say? I have no clue. Arsenal fans have been putting into the ringer they have not enjoyed watching this team like i said i find them supremely unfascinating can this finally be the year for them i doubt it but they need to start showing signs of of uh obviously improvement or else you're just going to continue through the spin cycle of coaches and management and gameplay style and transfers that don't work out so it needs to be the year this year yeah i think too like at the end of the arson wenger era like they had that identity of just being this team that possess 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 but could never find anybody to break through and score and i feel like ever since then they've been like well we definitely don't want to just have this 
one identity. We want to be able to kind of play with everybody and do all the things. So that's that's a fine strategy. And there have been some really talented teams in Europe that have been able to, you know, on the night say, guess what? Tonight we're, we're going three center or three center backs and that's it. Or, mm-hmm. or we're going to, you know, adjust everything on the fly because they've got the budget and they've not that Arsenal doesn't have money, but like they they have the talent spent. They know where these guys belong and all these players are able to just come in and change on the fly. I don't think Arsenal has the talent quite yet. You know, they can do it in, in minimal, you know, sm- small tactical adjustments, but not these big swings and not changes to the level that suddenly you're right. You don't know what to expect from them week to week. They're not good enough yet to do that. So maybe it's time they go back to adopting some kind of identity, whatever that is. I think I think playing a bunch of counterattacking soccer would be a lot of fun to watch, especially with some of their young talent, like you mentioned with soccer. But yeah, this is a, this is a big test for Michael Arteta. We'll find out what he's made of as a manager because... I'm not saying that like it's Champions League or bust for them, clearly, but how many years can you go? Right. Not even being in the conversation. And that's. Well, and they were laughable last year. I mean, it was just. Uh, it's they didn't such win a, a game in November or December, dude. It's such. It's, like, it's so disappointing. For them. Two months of You're not winning Arsenal. a game? Right. Like, that's. Yes, I, I'm sure like Arsenal fans are like, oh, no, like, <laughs> <laughs> we're screaming at we're them. Aware, they're scre- aware. <laughs> they're screaming it back at us. But yeah, it's. I, I I'm, don't trust me. I'm not necessarily looking for like the return of Arsenal per se. I'm not a huge Arsenal fan. Yeah, but, me either, Bone. But it's nice yeah. to see him care a little bit. Right. Agreed. So Arsenal fans, just know we see you, and we don't know what to tell you. They get the season opener tomorrow too. I think so. They do. They get they get to play against a team we'll discuss in a moment, which is one of the uh, fresh faces in the Premier League. More on that in a second. But uh, any other teams you want to bring up here? I just wanted to point out. Um, I'm excited to see Patrick Vieira back in the management role here. Uh, he is now going to be managing Crystal Palace. So let him live. He was uh, New York City FC's manager in uh, Major League Soccer for a few years. Did pretty well while he was there and then went to France and now is on to Crystal Palace. But just want to say MLS made Patrick Vieira what he is. Mm-hmm. It's probably nothing to do with his brilliant playing career or international career. Nope. It's all the fact that he worked in New York City FC for a few seasons. I think that's where you can attribute all of his success. So if uh, Crystal Palace is a great year and he gets consideration for manager of the year, you can thank Don Garber for that. That's what I say. It's probably Don Garber's doing. That's probably why that happened. I'm looking forward to watching Everton. It is such a wild ride to pay attention to them every year. They go out like the first five games of the Premier League season. They got Rafa Benitez in charge again, who has just basically managed like every single team uh, in the Premier League now. Uh, I'm so excited to watch them, Bone, because it's like... If you know Everton fans, and we do, we've got a great supporters, uh, you know, supporters uh, group here in Columbus, you know, the Toffees. It's such yes. a wild ride, right? Like, it's so up and down. And, you know, we talked about Arsenal not winning a game in November and December. And, like, you know what? It goes back to the old adage. If you're going to suck, just suck. Like, I feel like Everton fans get strung along so damn hard year in, year out. Like, one game, it's unbelievable. James Rodriguez scoring a hat trick. You know, place is looking fantastic. It's tired. Liverpool is like drenched in blue and then all of a sudden like the next three weeks it's like yeah, I haven't scored a goal in 270 minutes 
minutes. Like, this is pretty good. It's a wild, wild ride to be an Everton fan. They're always one of the supremely fascinating teams for me uh, when it comes to the Premier League. I don't believe they're going to battle for anything. I think the best spot they could possibly be in this year uh, is all the way up in probably seventh or eighth, just missing out on the Europa League. But, like, I feel so bad for Everton fans every year. Every year I I do. So, so bad for them because it's literally just, I mean, it is the peaks and the valleys, and I don't think a team experiences that more than they do. Yeah, I I tend to agree. It's they're they're such an interesting team, and I I feel like there is a chance for them to really make a run at a top four spot and to 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 maybe just have some magical. Not that they'll get it, but saying like they could be five or six pretty much all season long again, and I I could certainly see that. I could also see them being like twelfth to fourteenth, and then you get nervous, and then you're like, I don't know what's going to happen here. We have a couple bad weeks, and suddenly we're just you know, panic mode. So yeah, it's, it's up and down, like you said, but they got a lot of expensive players that they're going to have to manage as far as like moving some of those contracts out over this season, I think. So that'll be a challenge for Rafa Benitez is to figure out exactly, you know, who stays, who goes. And while they do that still remain competitive and I think they will be, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough ride for sure. For Second them. man only to uh, ever to manage Everton and both Liverpool. So there you That's go. That's true. Who is the other one? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably, it's probably David Moyes. Or I don't, yeah, I you don't asked know, me. You asked like me. I have no idea. It's got to no be clue. one of the like seven guys who manages everyone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Brendan uh, Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, good news. You can go Google that and yeah, tell us. Exactly. Later. Tweet I just, it at us. <laughs> yeah. At Bone and Beam, at Bone Beam United. Let us know. <laughs> Um, all right. So I was reading an article about him and it said that I'm like, oh, that's a nice little side nugget. And then you asked me that question. <laughs> and I'm like reading over, trying to figure it out who it was. And they didn't have the answer in here. So I'm I sure know. it's someone obvious we should know, but we don't. But who cares? Um, all right. So let's talk about the three teams that are up this year. Uh, Norwich is back. So yeah. congratulations to them. Love the green and gold. Green and gold, man. Such a good uniform combination. Wish more teams did it. Love it. Mm-hmm. So. I'm, that's that's my comment on Norwich is welcome back. I love your uniforms. Good luck not uh, getting relegated. <laughs> that's right. well, sure. Yes, that's that's goes without saying. They are gonna. They're not spending a ton, and it's gonna be tough for them. Uh, Watford, welcome back, Watford. They've been up and down throughout my entirety of watching the Premier League, mm-hmm. which I would say started about twenty years ago. Is when I kind of started really paying attention, and all throughout that time, it's like they're up for a couple of years, they're down for a few years, they're back up for a while. Um, so my buddy Grant is a huge Watford guy and I've known Grant for the better part of 15 years. And I like when I first met him, I thought Watford was like, because I, you meet someone in Ohio who's a Watford fan. I thought, (laughs) and, and he was not like British. He's not from there. He just, that was the team he picked. And I thought, okay, they must be like one of the best six or seven teams sure. out there because I knew an Arsenal fan and I knew, you know, Liverpool fan. So I was like, oh, well, they must be one of those teams that's just pretty good. And nah, I mean, they're good, but they're not at that level. They're they in the do Premier not have... League. They're obviously good. So for me, for Grant, I'm rooting for Watford. They, the Watford is going to be my team this year because I adopt a team oh, every year. All right. So we're that's... jumping into the Watford wagon. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I mean, I don't get a root for them all the time. My team is still mired in the third division. I will say with it's Sunderland better than being dropped out of the top four bone. All right. I'm sorry about you have it. Great. You've got it. South great. end, South end United. I'm so sorry. Mm. I'm so sorry. 
I was but actually maybe. I was looking up their schedule the other day. Yeah. And it was just like severely depressing. I mean, they're mm. in what is called let me tell you, if you're unaware of what is uh, below League Two, <laughs> it's called the Conference Premier. Oh, no. Yeah, they're in the Conference sounds... Premier. Uh, their first game comes up this Saturday in the Conference Premier, and they, p- they play Kings Lynn Town. So it's All not right. great for the Shrimpers. They might need a, some financial backing. I'm pretty sure if we were to pool all of the listeners of this podcast like we could ted lasso that thing and bring them to glory oh my god by the way we should probably do a standalone episode I, on ted I lasso agree. i need to finish the second season i'm done with the first i have it, i have i've not got I'm, I'm letting the second season all come out and then i'm gonna watch it but my oh, god are they dude, releasing them week by week i thought they were are they not I don't I know. Thought they were, I thought they were like, yeah, because uh, Panama Ted and I were talking about okay. it. Okay. And he was like, oh, man, you got time. Get caught up on season one. It's coming out week by week. And I'm like, okay, all right. Then I'm going to, I'll just wait till they're all out. I think that's how they're doing it. Anyway, yes. Once we both watch season two, let's have a Ted Lasso discussion. All right. Because, yep. God, do I love that man and do I love that show. It's so heartwarming. It it's literally like the most heartwarming show I've ever seen in my life. S- Sudeikis Amazing. is yeah, my guy. Great. Oh, he's so great. Anyway, so so yes. all right, yeah. Anyway, back to South the financial takeover of Southend United. We're gonna do that. How much um, do you think we could buy them for? By the way, and or, also, what do, you, what do you think the price would be? Literally, if we pulled all of our listeners together, I'm pretty sure that's something we could accomplish. Let's let's say it's six hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> could we get like could we get like a mortgage and pay? Can we just be like we want to buy something? Don't ask us what it is. But we want a six hundred thousand dollar mortgage. We want a thirty year term, and then we want like all of our listeners to be able to pay little by little into it. Is that okay? And they're like, "What is this for?" It's like, might be for a team with a shrimp logo. Don't know, can't say for sure. Uh, I don't think that's how that works. Mm-hmm. But good luck to them. Hopefully, they get out of the whatever that's. It sounds like a startup. Whatever the you conference just conference premiere. Conference premiere sounds like a tele like teledata company that sets up phone calls for busy business people. The team that Southend United is playing, Kings Lindtown, they have a club value estimated at $1.05 million. Shut the front. I'm Seriously? telling you, man, we can do we this. We can do this. Yes. I mean, you can. You've got afternoon drive money. And I'll just, <laughs> you know, put my hat in the not. I, look, man, uh, number one, I'm not on the morning show. And number two... <laughs> I don't work with someone who at one point signed a contract worth tens of millions of dollars. So maybe you should talk to your rich buddy that you're on the show with and see if uh, old BC wants to get involved. Yeah. All I know is there's 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 money floating around the station. Let's get James Laurinaitis involved. Let's go. All these ex-football players, they got cash. South End United has a total assets of four million pounds. So a little bit better than King, Kingstown let's, Road. But let's go. Um, by the way, uh, we, we haven't got to the final team yet that's been promoted, but mm-hmm. since we're talking about lower division teams, so you've given us a, what is that, fifth division team? Yeah, fifth, yeah. Correct. We don't have a fourth division team we're rooting for. Third division, you can all root for Sunderland. Mm-hmm. In the championship, Brother Bone would be greatly disheartened if I did not bring this up. You need to work, root for newly promoted to the championship, Peterborough United. Yeah! He is... He is so my my brother went over there. He got to go to a game. He has been enthralled with this team. They rolled out the red carpet for him. Uh, he got to meet the owner of the club. He <laughs> talks with the owner of the club occasionally on email and like I don't know how Brother Bone found his way into this situation, but he is like the American ambassador for Peterborough United. So if you're looking for a team to watch and you ever flip over to ESPN Plus and want to watch some championship soccer. 
go watch Peterborough United. The uh, the posh is what they go mm. by. So up the posh is what he will say, and I agree. Up the posh this year. Last year we were battling it out in the third division between him and Sunderland, and they came out on top. So I tip my cap, and now I can root for them because they're in the championship and they're not keeping my team out of it. So there you go. There's your championship team if you don't have one. Uh, even though I know Fulham's down there and some other teams you're probably familiar uh, who with. Who cares? Now, last team we're going to talk about, Brentford. Yes. They are the, the bees. newly promoted to the Premier League. First time ever. Club was founded in 1889. Damn. 1889. They are a West London club. It's 133 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and now they did play in like what was the first division back in like the 1890s mm. and some of these other times. But since everybody became, remembers the season of 1895, right? Of course they, they, they really have not been anywhere close since, you know, the, I don't know. They were in the fourth division in 1962. They were in the third division in the seventies. Uh, so they've, they, you know, they've just been trying to fight their way back and get up to the premier league. And they finally have done it first time ever in the premier league for Brentford. As you said, they are called the bees. Their main rivals are Fulham and Queens Park Rangers. I would guess. See you later, you, suckers. None of you, you feel, are in the Premier League. <laughs> you must feel pretty good when you can look at those other clubs and be like, oh, hey, we don't play you this year because uh, you're in the lower division. Or as Louis Van not. Hall likes to call them, Queens Park Raisins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know we why need, that's so funny to me. We need to do a, an episode of Van Hallisms, too. <laughs> oh, God, there's so many of them. But yes. Uh, so, uh, Brentford, I'm rooting for you. I don't know much about you. I did see that they so they played at a, a stadium that was called where did it go? Griffin Park, mm. and they played there from 1904 till 2020. Whoa! Yeah, they opened up a new stadium last year, last summer, and I checked this bad boy out. The stadium that they opened up. The, which I've now lost because I'm stupid and I don't have it anymore. But I want to say it only holds like 17,000 people. Brentford Community Stadium. That's the new stadium now. Stadium has a capacity of 17,250 people. The I Death mean, Star say, has more than that. Well, that's what I, I just want to point out here. Like for people who want to, you know, crap on what happens in MLS and some of that stuff. It's like, look, I get it. The soccer may not be up to your level if you like the Premier League. But let's not forget that. Some of the oldest clubs in the world play in stadiums that are less than 20 or 30,000 seats. So, like, the reality is if you go to England and you want to watch a Premier League game, you're going to go to a brand new stadium in London that is less than 20,000 people. Yeah. I think that's now obviously they're like the 12th team in London, right? They're not sure. You know, there's lots of other teams there that a lot of other people are fans of. And there are teams in the second and third division. Hell, Stadium of Light holds like 40,000 people. Mm -hmm. And that's Sunderland's in the third division. So anyway, stadium capacity is not a judgment of how good or bad your team is. But I do think it's interesting that a team in London was like, let's build a new stadium. And they said, how many should we build? And they're like, eh, 17, 18 grand. Yeah, we know our so, fan base. That's good. And so I, I am rooting for the little club that could. They are probably going to be easily relegated. But Brentford, you have my support this year in the Premier League. Or no, 
You have you have some of my support. Watford has my majority of my support. <laughs> Let me be clear. I Man, learning- you're just throwing away Christian Pulisic and Chelsea like yeah, toss him aside. Well, you know what? You know what? That's fine. I'm rooting for Christian Pulisic <laughs> when he plays for the U.S. Men's National Team. But Chelsea can go to hell. That's what I have to say. Now I'm all in with Watford and I'm the Fords. I'm rooting for the Fords. Watford and Brentford. Those are my teams this year. <laughs> Sadly, they'll both be duking it out for. Uh, it's funny because you are a big the... Chevy guy, and now you're turning. Yeah, I am. Yeah, at the heartbeat of America. That's mm-hmm. right, Chevrolet. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Let's just end this because, good lord, it's off the rails. Uh, but yes. Congratulations to all of you who are soccer fans and have made it this far. We are now here at the Premier League season opener, which we will have coming up this weekend on Friday. So enjoy that. Beamer, good luck to Manchester United this year. Mm-hmm. Take on Leeds, Bone. Nice little uh, rivalry match. A derby match oh, yeah. to get things starting started. It, starting it off with a derby match. You got to love that. That's good. Well, I can't wait to watch it. Hopefully you all enjoy the soccer and we will be back next week. Till then. Uh, I don't know what we say at the end of these things, so go Watford. That's what we say. We'll see you next time.